Welcome to the Crypto Assets and Blockchain Podcast. The next speaker you might have actually already seen before, just because he's that tall. Um, but Joshua is not only tall, he's um, a serial entrepreneur um, and an award-winning designer and animator. Um, I actually got to know Josh in back in 2016 in Berlin when we visited you in Berlin with our cohort. Um, and since then, it's a great pleasure to, to know you since you're so well connected into the um, German blockchain ecosystem and beyond. Um, and we love to hear your thoughts about um, on, on the topic, how does money work when robots actually take over our jobs? So now we actually start to combine various technologies and, and try to think ahead. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you very, very much. And uh, thanks for everyone for coming. It's been such a great conference. I've had uh, so many fantastic speakers. Um, so did we have my slides? Someone told me you don't have slides. Oh, yeah, yeah, doch, doch. Okay. Doch, doch, best word in German. Okay, sorry. Um, tick, tick. It's on the drive. Uh, if humans not apply or something. Humans not welcome. So the talk is uh, humans need not apply. So um, <clears throat> my name is Joshua Shigala. Thank you very much for the intro. Um, I, uh, we uh, built the first uh, Bitcoin gold exchange. It's like Kraken or Bitstamp, except you deal with allocated bullion uh, on the other side instead of uh, USD. So you're trading in and out of an allocated asset. So if we go bust as a startup, it doesn't matter. Um, our, our, uh, our client's gold is not on our books. Um, but today we want to talk about um, human obsolescence and what that does that mean. Um, you know, the, the, the whole concept of the machines taking all the jobs have been, uh, is an old tema. It's a really old uh, problem. And uh, we, we, we saw from the Industrial Revolution days, the Luddites were going around smashing equipment because they were, th this equipment was taking jobs. So it, it really isn't, uh, isn't that new. And when you, you, when you say to people, ah, oh, the machine's going to take all the jobs, uh, usually you think, ah, oh, usually the response you get is, no, no. It's always happened in the past where uh, labor forces get moved to somewhere else. But this time it's different. And I, I say it's different because now machines have full vision. Um, they have full dexterity of their fingers and their hands. They can, they can reposition something. It's not just a dumb robot moving stuff and then it, it, it mucks up and then a human has to come in and recalibrate and, and then get the chain going again. Um, uh, there's also uh, an extreme advancement in artificial intelligence on how to deal with certain situations where a human doesn't need to step in. In fact, a lot of robots are now building other robots. Uh, and on top of that, now we, of course, have digital currency, which uh, allow uh, machines to have uh, an understanding of uh, resource allocation and to put a price on resource allocation, which uh, really steps them forward in, in an understanding uh, and, and in a trading uh, mechanism. We see uh, uh, all sorts of uh, blockchain-based um, startups tackling this. Um, so as, as we can see, 
you know, it was only three years ago where we saw robots being tethered to the ceiling when they were really sort of uh, couldn't quite move, couldn't quite walk well. Now they're doing backflips off boxes. So uh, Boston Dynamics, uh, owned by Google, is, is, is leaps and bounds. Uh, it is moving so quickly, and this really this exponential curve, which humans have uh, a very hard time grasping, is, is what's being played out here in terms of robotics, AI, and all the things I mentioned. So what's, what's at stake? Um, the first mainstream robot that we'll see is the autonomous car. Um, the, you know, it was only five, six years ago where they would have competitions across the desert uh, sponsored by uh, the U.S. military to see how, what kind of car can, can navigate a, a desert. And now we have already, and I'm sure we've all seen, uh, self-driving cars. Tesla's already rolling them off, uh, off the production lines with semi-autonomous uh, things, but uh, what, what we're seeing is 3.5 million truck drivers, um, jobs are at stake. That's only in the US. So this isn't in Germany. I could get the stats from the US a lot easier than Europe. So truck drivers, 3.5 million truck drivers, and, and they're, they're navigating roads which are very, very easy to take over by the machines. It's, it's not something like um, city roads, um, uh, you know, long highways are very, very simple. Taxi drivers, 305,000. Bus drivers, 687,000. Courier drivers, 1.5 mil of those guys. So it's, it's one sector in the economy uh, which, is, which we will see transform within the next three years. And yeah, they won't lose their job straight away. Of course, first they'll be teachers. They'll be sitting behind the steering wheel watching this thing rotate. Um, but... Uh, uh, eventually, they'll, it'll get to the point where insurance companies will say, well, if there's an accident, we'll pay out. But insurance companies will find it very, very cheap because machines are just better at driving. They don't get tired. Um, we're, we're, we're seeing the similar thing at checkouts where you get uh, multiple checkouts all uh, self-checkout. This is the first step, and you see the cashier standing there, one cashier in charge of six self-checkouts just watching people that they don't flog stuff. Um, Amazon's bringing out, I'm sure you've seen, all the self-checkout where you walk in, you grab something, and uh, through a lot of magic, um, they can keep track of everything that's being taken off the shelves and put back on the shelves or taken out of the shop and charged. Every single startup um, that I, that I t uh, come across or that anyone comes across is about removing inefficiencies. And the biggest inefficiency in most places is the human. So um, uh, these inefficiencies, uh, there was a startup that developed a robotic salad maker, McDonald's Boredom, and uh, will soon be uh, making salads um, through those. The global labor force is approximately 3 billion workers. And a lot of those are uh, uneducated or, or unskilled work, I should say, uh, or learnt on the job. These are definitely things that can be taken out of uh, uh, play. So not only do we have the technology, but we have the concept of uh, minimum wages, which are obviously uh, we, all, we all want people to be, earn more. We don't want them to work 16-hour days and not being able to feed their families. Plus, there's also social problems with that. If they're working so much and not taking care of the children, the next generation generally have 
some sort of uh, you know daddy issues or they never saw their father and, uh, or, or, and we see statistics uh, of, of fatherless or parentless homes uh, generally the children um, uh, end up uh, uh, doing uh, you know being bad actors in society okay okay I get it um, so what the hell can we do and you know it, it's funny because uh, a lot of people would say, well, there's, there's, there's two concepts. And, and, and the two concepts that always come up uh, are universal basic income. Um, and, and, the, and one of the other things that doesn't really come up that often, but is the sharing economy. And uh, I, uh, uh, one of my first startups in the late 90s was the world's first swap site where people just swapped stuff. There was no money involved. And it was an interesting, uh, interesting experiment. Today, I'm going to focus on universal basic income, because um, that's that's kind of what everyone uh, thinks of when they think of uh, human obsolescence. The problem with universal basic income is that if you have a country with such a scheme, uh, the tax burden. Uh, for those that don't know what universal basic income is, is basic uh, is that everybody gets X amount every month, no matter how much they earn. Um, this this uh, is a lot more efficient than, say, Hart's fear or these means-tested ways of, of uh, giving people money because you don't need to ask and uh, you know, uh, find out everything there is to know about a certain person's income um, to, to give them money. Uh, you also... Um, uh, you, just, you just give everyone the same. So the policing drops out and all, all these means testing drops out. So it's a lot cheaper in one way, but uh, obviously it's more expensive because you're giving everybody funds. Second uh, thing that people bring up is, well, if, if, if no one's working, they'll just get bored and uh, they'll, they'll run amok and, and start destroying things. And, and so I, I, I'm not sure what the answer is. In fact, I don't know what any of the answers are. Uh, these are all just questions, and I think they're important questions. Um, the third one, which I think is more important, is that we, we have seen experiments uh, in economics uh, based around uh, socialist ideals. And, um, and generally, they turn in, into extreme dictatorships or vast control over, uh, from the state uh, when you have a mass of people that are dependent on a state apparatus to, give out, uh, to, to help them eat. Um, usually uh, they will do anything to protect that apparatus. So uh, sta states can, can get extremely powerful and very dangerous um, when, when they have full control over how uh, people uh, eat and, um, and function. So uh, the, these problems are, are not small problems with UBI, and, and, and then uh, especially the state apparatus one is not really mentioned much when I, when I uh, listen to other people talking about universal basic income. So what do we do? Well, you know, you may laugh, but let's just chuck a blockchain at it, eh? <laughs> but, but actually, throwing a blockchain at it is, is kind of interesting because we now don't need a centralized state. We can have an organic uh, digital organism that, uh, that uh, is sitting in the fog and it, it is allocated to pay out every 10 minutes. And we see experiments in, 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 um, in economic theory now with, with tokens and blockchains. Uh, one of them is, is great, Steemit. Uh, it, instead of paying miners, it pays uh, out uh, content writers, like bloggers, depending on how, uh, how popular their articles are when people upload them. And, and so 
Um, imagine if we can, uh, uh, if this blockchain can and pay out a, a regular amount to citizens of a certain jurisdiction or even globally. Of course, there's major problems with that too. Um, there's a computer science uh, problem, the civil attack. Uh, others know it as sock puppets. Um, you know, when you uh, open maybe multiple accounts on Reddit and upvote yourself, if you could uh, pretend to be five people, ten people, a hundred people, you can take the income from all these people. So to, to get around that is hard. Also, attaching value to this thing, uh, that's, that's also a problem. And adjustments. What, what, what happens if there's a huge hurricane that rushes through or something happens where you do need an injection of more, more uh, liquidity or more, more, more money? Um, so uh, the civil attack problem, you know... Like I said, I don't know all the answers. Uh, I don't know any answers, actually. Uh, these are all just ideas. And, and it's something that uh, is really important to start thinking about. But um, uh, some, some answers might be biometrics uh, to, to stop people. Uh, they have to upload certain sort of biometrics. Still don't know how that would work. Um, uh, you have reputation markets. And, of course, that can also be nightmarish. You, if anyone's seen the Black Mirror episode where people are just voting other people for how good they are, it's kind of crazy and nightmarish, but it could also be a solution where you have reputations uh, based on, uh, on that. And also oracles, and we heard uh, a little bit about oracles, and people are working on, uh, you know, oracles are really a system of getting external data from the real world and inserting it into a blockchain or into the whole digital space. Um, this is something that uh, all these problems are being worked on uh, for other reasons, and, uh, and we'll see solutions playing out there. The value creation problem isn't really a problem. As we've seen, Bitcoin was the first, and we see these, these tokens arise out of nowhere, and where are they getting their value from? They're getting their value from the community that's building around them. Um, the community uh, uh, build, uh, build a, a certain token or a certain thing and, and attach value to that because there's a, a larger and larger community willing to accept that. And so this whole value creation thing is a really interesting experiment in economics and, and it's, uh, it's not that big of a problem, I don't think. Um, <clears throat> so uh, the one about adjusting or if there's a large uh, earthquake or something, um, you know, uh, an AI... It could have billions of data points, um, which then uses those data points to determine the output of uh, a UBI blockchain or, or, or something like that. I mean, again, just crazy, fantastical ideas. Um, but there are problems. You know, uh, the there's, there's huge dangers with AI. They're very, very unpredictable because they think in different ways. For instance, an AI was taught to never lose at, um, uh, at a game of Tetris and uh, it never played before what the first thing it did was touch all the buttons try to figure out how to play it found the pause button and went ah done <laughs> I'm not losing I'm never going to lose so it, these are things that, like that so we, it, it's very dangerous just to um, especially with a broad topic like a, an economy to just uh, to, to put AI in charge of it is kind of dangerous. And also, we're way off. We're way off with artificial intelligence. A lot of people talk about artificial intelligence like it's, it's here, but um, uh, artificial intelligence is still very, very, very young. Um, again, uh, you know, I'm no expert in the field, and I don't think anyone is, but um, what I find beautiful about the blockchain space and the Bitcoin space, crypto space, is that 
we can test out economic theory um, without gulags. We can, we can test out economic theory in, in different ways, uh, in a voluntary way, where people can take a certain concept. Uh, for instance, um, about five, six years ago, there was uh, one of the first altcoins was Flycoin, uh, which was a demurrage coin, meaning that uh, people thought people were holding onto their crypto too long. So what if, we, if people held onto it, it would just redistribute? Um, of course, it flatlined. It, it boomed and then it busted and it's gone flatline ever since. But what was interesting about it was, hey, wow, an economic theory we could test out and see if anyone uh, would take hold of it. And I think uh, in terms of uh, experiments like universal basic income, um, we, can, uh, we can try these things. But I think the traditional way of universal basic income with the state is, is a no-go zone. Thank you very much. That's, uh, that's my... Uh, talk. You can follow me on at Voltoro, and uh, yeah, I'm constantly rambling on about all sorts of stuff and through that. We still have time for one or two questions straight away. Anyone? There's one. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting that you say the. Um, Automization of certain industries are, is a problem because, in my opinion, it's not about the labor that we do, but the, the results that we get from it. I mean, we could do away with unemployment tomorrow if we just said, let's destroy all the farming equipment. We're back to the, to the field plowing and trying to raise crops. We wouldn't be out of a job, but the standard of living would not be much better. So, I'm wondering if it's a problem at all. Like, we don't have people that, like, we have automatic bank machines now. There used to be a person that gave you the money. Mm. That job is gone. But those people just moved on to something else. So I'm wondering whether the driving industry and all the other industries that are concerned will follow a similar path. Yeah, and you could be right. You could be right. I, I guess... What, I, what I'd like to do with this talk, what I wanted to do with this talk was really get people to think about these issues and, um, and not just run towards where we're running as, as, as a society, and that is uh, total disruption of, of inefficiencies. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. We, maybe it's not a problem, but I think it's worth, definitely worth thinking about. Yeah. Um. One statement and one question. Uh, statement, first of all, you said that um, a universal, universal basic income leads to uh, people that tend to be uh, feeling useless to some extent or another. Um, I think some of the experiments that have been done in the northern region uh, showed a little bit that uh, people felt uh, driven towards more artistic stuff or something they're fine or like they can live a little bit better or whatever and can explore their other skills. So I think that uselessness um, is a rather minor factor. And the question is, um, not linked to the statement, but um, still linked to universal, uh, universal basic income, is um, robotech that some economists have proposed uh, taxing Uh, the outcome from robotics uh, production that uh, was all solely, um, solely done by uh, by robots mm. uh, could be taxed to a high extent uh, because um, 
uh, to finance, for example, universal uh, basic income. What's your stake on that? Yeah, uh, whether you do it through taxation or um, there's other concepts where people would crowdfund, uh, say, one car, uh, an autonomous car. That car would then be truly autonomous, but everybody that crowdfunded it gets the income or the, the, the cream off the top of what it's doing. And uh, it would drive around and eventually it would get so busy that it would order itself a daughter car from Amazon or wherever and uh, that would come off production line and start working as well and it would eventually build out a fleet and all those people would um, so, so there's lots of ways but the, the thing is with taxation of a robot is what's a robot? Is the photocopier a robot? Do I tax it per sheet now? You know, it, it's, it, it's a can of worms Yeah, it's just a bad term for saying anything that produces value in, in economic sense yeah. um, should be taxed to some extent Like, yeah. Re regardless uh, if uh, labor is behind it, because usually you tax labor and you just tax the uh, the outcome, right? So I'm just not a fan of centralized <laughs> systems that, that take a whole lot of money and then redistribute because of the reasons brought up before. Um, uh, many people are for that, so maybe that is an answer. But me personally, I, I find too much power in, in a single organization is, is scary. All right. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.